From the multicolored sand dunes of Jakku to the medal ceremony on Home One, you're listening to Star Scavengers, a Lego Star Wars podcast with a focus on the Freemaker Adventures. I'm one of your hosts, Jonah Marie, and I'm here with my co-host, Aaron Goins. How's it going, Aaron? Going pretty good. I'm counting the different shades of yellow and the white specks and such. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. It was so great to see Durpin and Plume Striker return for this episode with all the categorizing of stands and such. <laughs> yeah. I think after season one, we specifically asked for more Durpin and Plume Striker. Yeah. And we're definitely getting it. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, and so, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on that has happened in the Star Wars fandom? Uh, well, not really. I think um, I can give a little update on my progress on the Arrowhead. Oh, yes. Tell us, so tell us Eric, <laughs> where you are with that. The slowest Lego build ever. Actually, no, that's not true. Um, <laughs> I've well established that I'm a slow Lego builder. And so I had, I think it took me like three months to build the TARDIS Lego set. No way. Do you remember how many pieces that was? It's not that many. and it was like a thousand no No, it's just like i like to just take my time with my builds and sometimes it's just whenever i have a few minutes i just i throw on a few pieces and i just kind of like let it go but i was really determined last night and i think you might have seen me tweeting about it yeah because i was in the star wars mood and they had announced the whole jj abrams is gonna direct um episode nine and you know with mixed reviews all over twitter but I was curious because I was just like, oh, yeah, J.J. Abrams, like, and I enjoyed The Force Awakens, so I'm going to watch The Force Awakens again. It's been a long time since I've actually watched that movie. And I kind of wanted to get a feel for, you know, his directing style and just kind of remind myself of things. So um, so I decided to pop it in, but I thought I've seen this movie enough that I don't have to pay that close attention to it so I can build a Lego set at the same time. So right. I, I boldly tweeted out that I was going to finish the Arrowhead last night. Because I thought for sure, two and a half hour movie, that's going to be easy. <laughs> I actually didn't see that tweet. You didn't see it? So no. so what is it? It's a six bag set, right? Yeah. I had finished, I had already done two bags. And so I thought four more bags, that's easy. I only finished two more bags. Oh, uh, so okay. I'm now, I guess you got two thirds in. Yeah, and it's a, the, like I'm looking at it right now, it's sitting right next to me. And I got, you know... A lot of the frame done. One of the wings is there. It's a really, it's a cool build. I'm really liking it. I'm liking That's, that. I'm savoring it. Yeah, yeah. It's it was a fun build. Yeah, it definitely took long. It took me long as well. Not as long as you, but it and took I could, some yeah, time. it does. That's understood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm liking to see it kind of come together. And even in the show, as they were kind of building it, they would stop. You know, the show took their time with it too. So maybe I'm just trying to emulate the show. Okay, I'll, sure. I'll use Tell that excuse. Because <laughs> I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, it kind of looks like it looked in episode whatever, you know. So it's I'm trying to match the the progress. Well, you're kind of behind because they're gonna put the crystal in this the one. Flight, yeah, we're the, the episode we're reviewing is Flight of the Arrowhead, so I should have it done by now. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> I have two bags left. I'm confident that by the next time we record, which is another week from now, I should be able to finish two more bags. I'm pretty confident. I'm going to start the tracker one this weekend. Okay, cool. So you you better catch up. Yeah, I'm not catching up to you. <laughs> At this point, I'm not even trying. I still have to do the the resistance shuttle that I bought from the Last Jedi, oh, and I have a Y wing I haven't even started yet. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think I'm catching up to you anytime. But you did do, did you do one another one of those mini builds? I did. I did do a mini build. And I always post the photos on my Instagram. Um, and the last one I did was an AT-AT from the second wave from Series 2. And I really liked this one because you can move the legs and position the legs in, in fun ways of the AT-AT. And I also, I didn't notice... Obviously, I should have as I was building these, but my mini fake collection is growing and I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this one came with a what's an Imperial ATAT trooper. And I also built the uh, oh, what is this? This is the gunship, the Republic gunship from uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. So that was pretty cool to put that together. And the, my one complaint, though, and, and a lot of people share this complaint, was that the clone trooper didn't look like a clone trooper. He looked like a regular stormtrooper. <laughs> as far as, like, the face? or Yeah, in terms of the face, yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah, because it was just a regular standard face. And it wasn't sort of emulating what we've seen in terms of, what, you know, the clones and whatnot from the movies and from the show. So I was, I was surprised, you know. Yeah, that is interesting. I wonder if that was just an oversight, like not intentional, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's just one of those things that they just like pass on without really giving it much thought. Huh. And and the one before that um, was the Star Destroyer. And that was the last one from Wave 1. And I was so happy to complete that because now I'm almost complete with Wave 2 in terms of having the sets. And then I'm going to start buying wave three and Hera's included in that so thank you Aaron for for giving me that set (laughs) (laughs) so I'm I'm excited to continue completing the waves so that way I have all the little micro series on my shelf that is cool did you know that they um because you were talking about the clone trooper did you know that they used to uh do the stormtrooper minifigs with no face at all really because there was a time pre you know before they had kind of revealed what you know what the stormtroopers were that i guess they didn't really know what you know if they were supposed to look what they were supposed to look like so they just had blank faces and it was just like a black um lego head brick that's creepy yeah so i have some stormtrooper (laughs) minifigs where there's just yeah no face at all when you take the helmet off oh and speaking of creepy Bob Roth wrote into Twitter <laughs> and said that the Minox were creepier than the Rana, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But what Bob's, Bob Roth says is only canon adjacent. So. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I did tweet back at him. I was like, uh, I, I respectfully disagree with you. Because I I I, I'm still thinking about it. You're still thinking about the Rana? Yeah, I'm still thinking about that. They're definitely more creepy. But um, <laughs> did you know that another thing, I was talking to a friend at work today who came across this at, I don't know what store he saw that, but you know how they do the, the poly bag sets? So there there's the micro fighters, but then there are like even smaller versions of vehicles that they do in these little poly bags. I didn't get the Scarf one, the Scarf Trooper one that came out for Force Friday. Oh, like the minifig? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get that either. My friend got it, and it it's actually really cool. They do the they now come with a little stand that you build, and it has like a little placard that goes behind them. Cool. Uh, so it's a little bit more to it than just a minifig in the bag. 
but I gotcha. they do the they do these uh small vehicle builds too in the poly bags and it's only like i don't even know how many pieces but it's a pretty small amount of pieces but they're doing one for a last jedi vehicle which is that new walker which i'm forgetting the the terminology for it i know it's not i don't a, remember yeah it's like the the one that kind of looks like the at at but it's um like heavily armored yeah, it looks like it's a like on steroids. Yeah, so <laughs> really. apparently there's like a little polybag build for that set too. So I kind of want to look look for that because those usually only cost like six or seven dollars. Oh, so gotcha. I have to keep an eye out for that one. That's cool. I know. I know they have one for the ghosts, but it was released in the UK as part of the Lego magazine. Oh yeah, that'd be a fun one to try to get a hold of. Although probably hard to do now. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can get it on eBay, and I think I. Did. I don't remember. It should be on its way if I did. Do you think you got it? It's Do you one have of those that like... bad of an eBay habit? You don't... Yes. <laughs> yes, it's one of those like late night, two o'clock in the morning type eBay purchases. <laughs> like, did I did I'm I buy it? Did I win? Really that? bad at that. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so moving on to the episode we're gonna review. It's the flight of the arrowhead, written by Ron Corsello and Russ Carney. And we're finally getting close to the completion of the Star Scavenger, which is exciting. Unlike you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Rowan is super excited about the idea of finishing this thing. You know, yeah. it's like, are we there yet? Kind of mentality. Um, <laughs> and they just have the little crystal kind of on a claw, hang, like swinging freely in the background. I guess they're trying to avoid the you know the volatility of it they don't want it to bang against the side of the ship and, and explode right especially when they come out of hyperspace and they find that the home one and the and its fleet are being attacked by the empire so it's a very dangerous place to to work with the star scavenger yes definitely don't want to have an explosive kyber crystal um in the middle of a battle yeah, especially since we've seen that happen to Imperial ships before. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. It's very it's very not good. <laughs> I guess I never thought about that now that we know that these things are so explosive because it's not like that changes now that they've installed it. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Like the ship is still very very much a uh bomb ready to explode. Yeah, which is why, I mean, I, I get why, um, because the movie was done in the time that it was done um, in the 70s. But the Death Star should have had, I feel like, a much bigger explosion given the the fact that they had to have these huge kyber crystals powering it at the time. That, of course, we didn't know at that time. <laughs> but, yeah. but you get what I mean, though, right? Yeah, I mean, especially if Corey's saying that even just this size of a crystal would have the... Would it, supernova yeah like a supernova so yeah, yeah if you're talking about the size of crystals they're using for the death star yeah that's true yeah all these in- <laughs> you're just pointing out all these inconsistencies i'll never watch uh return of the jedi the same again oh yes i said i've said a new hope didn't i i don't even know anymore well they, but, both, yes. they both have death stars <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> Um, and so we, uh, my one of my favorite lines that Cordy says in this episode is when she says, "It's like throwing away money." You know that, right? You know that, when right? They, yeah. When they released the salvage, <laughs> <laughs> she was so heartbroken over it, and I love that. Even though she's 
gathered all these skills and has kind of sort of climbed through the ranks she's she's still concerned about the money (laughs) (laughs) well deep down she's still a scavenger you know she's still out trying to find parts and all all of that i don't think that's something that will ever kind of leave uh their mentality yeah no (laughs) especially her (laughs) (laughs) and uh, so they decide to take the scar- star scavenger somewhere else to work on, and they have to find a pilot to be able to take it to its new destination. And I love that Xander's like, I'm a pilot. I can do this. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Corey was saying all these like really good things about like what they need and stuff, and he's like, flattered, rested, and ready. <laughs> Yeah, and they bring in the best pilot of them all, Valeria. Sorry, Xander. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that they brought Valeria in because she is a character that we saw towards the very beginning of the series, and we haven't seen much of her since then. So it was cool to actually round her up and bring her into this this chaos that is putting the Star Scavenger together. Yeah, I was really happy to see her featured in this episode because we haven't gotten as much of her um as i think i felt like we were going to based on those shorts that we got mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she was such a big focus of the shorts and then um and but then the season itself kind of refocused in on the family so it was cool to see her almost as part of the team like she got to actually go along on an adventure with them and not just have a little bit of screen time exactly yeah and I like that when she's taking it out of the hangar, it's not exactly the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> and there's a lot of fine tuning that needs to be done. And it doesn't have blasters and it doesn't have hyperspace. So you're like, what does this ship have? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and like um, Rowan just holds up pieces like, oh, they're right here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like that's going to do me any good. <laughs> <laughs> the vector plates, they're right here. um and yeah i just love how they had to like grab the cords in order to uh put them together and and activate the hyperspace and i really like that shot because you have rowan piecing those two cords ends of the cords together and then right in the corner in the background you can see it jumping into hyperspace so that was a really cool shot that they did yeah yeah that was cool Mm. And and so they end up, you know, trying to get to a place where they can do this in peace and quiet. And they choose, of all places, Jakku. And I remember the first time I saw this, I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's and I know we've said it before, but it's so cool how this show goes to all the familiar locations. Yeah. And, you know, Jakku is, is another one that it's. It's not like they went to anywhere on Jakku that was super familiar. Like they didn't go to uh, Nima, the outpost, or anything like that. But just the fact that they were on Jakku, and you're like, I, my mind starts going into the whole like, well, what, t- what, where, where is this in the time period, and like, yeah. <laughs> what characters would be here at this time, and all of that stuff. But yeah, pretty much they just stayed in the the sands though. So it could have been, it could have been any desert planet. Yeah, yeah, I think it was more like a yellow sun, you know, like a you know golden yellow type sand that they were on. 
Golden, um, golden yellow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe some white specks here and there. I'm not sure. I didn't catch those. <laughs> it wasn't. I, I felt like it was a little bit more beige or okay. <laughs> tan, maybe. Um, and I love that on the way there, actually, I forgot that there was that scene of Roger. I was almost going to say Chopper, but they would never use Chopper as a cushion. To <laughs> Chopper would just let them all blow up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Roger. Oh, man. I loved how they use him as a cushion to, to protect the Kyber crystal. He's like, this is, a, yeah, I'm fine. This is exactly what I was programmed for. <laughs> oh, Roger. I mean, he he's right there in, in the heart of the where the Kyber crystal is. And anything can happen. He can go. And he, poor thing, is just not recognized for his contributions. I'm not sure I've ever seen a pillow Lego piece like that before. I'm going to have to look and see if that's an actual Lego piece. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Did it look Lego-like or was it like actually cloth? It it, it looked like a pillow. It didn't look Lego-like. But I, that's one thing that kind of they do different in the Lego movie stuff as opposed to the television shows is a Lego movie literally uses everything is a Lego brick. Like if it's not a Lego brick, it doesn't, it can't be in the movie. Um, and it's pretty, you know, and you watch the movie and it's very impressive how they pull that off because they have to show water, they have to show fire and they use these pieces really creatively. Um, the Lego shows bend the rules a little bit with that. They don't do everything as a Lego piece. So I don't think that pillow is an actual Lego piece. Gotcha. (laughs) But if anybody is, if anybody, you know, thinks I'm wrong, definitely correct me. Send me the piece number. Um, and so we have. Derpin and Plume Striker making their appearance as they're on, you know, walking along on their hapabores, <laughs> and you have them categorizing all this sand. What is even the purpose of that? <laughs> Plume Striker is is really owning this, though. He really is because he well, it's he's in this position where he's had to work under this guy who is purposely trying to fail. And so yeah. I guess he now sees this as his opportunity to do something right. But I don't see where he's going to be able to move up very quickly um, if they just have him categorizing sand. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> it's just their their whole dynamic is hilarious because at this point everything's flipped. You know, and now Durpin is now reporting to Plume Striker. Yes, sub ensign <laughs> Durpin. <laughs> Oh gosh, like you can't, you can't, this stuff is just so good. It's gold, really. And uh, some Ensign Durpin and Ensign Plume Striker. <laughs> and, and Durpin at one point asks for like an ice, iced calf. He does. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a, that's, uh, I love those modern references tossed in, you know, like my Guido burrito. I, it's just so good. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna make start making all of our episode titles after foods mentioned. Yeah, in, this, in the show. <laughs> I know I've done a couple already. So, and so the Arrowhead, unfortunately, you think it's safe, but you think they're good to go, and unfortunately, it gets sucked down into the sand, and then it explodes, and all the pieces come back right out. It's sort of like what happened to Finn, right, in the movie The Force Awakens. Yeah, so I yeah I was thinking that I guess it's that sinking sand. Um, oh, there's even a name for the area of Jakku that has the sinking sands. 
Oh, that, oh, I didn't know but, that. So I guess they're maybe in that area. But yeah, so when that happened, though, I was thinking about like how long it took me to put the arrowhead <laughs> together. I was just like, <laughs> they got to start all over. It's going to take them forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I do remember thinking, wow, that's just, just going to take some time. But then I, well, while I was building my set, I, I kept thinking, I wish I had Rowan's force building powers because he did, he did it relatively fast. So yeah, and it, I definitely wish I had those <laughs> for, for Lego building. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder why it took them so long to build the thing in the first place. In the first place, yeah. <laughs> well, they were doing it all from scratch. So the second time around, they kind of know where things go. <laughs> right, yeah. They have the instructions now. Yeah. <laughs> and and then Quarry and Rowan end up having to work together to put it all back together. And everyone else has to go find the energy matrix activator because unfortunately that's the piece that isn't anywhere to be found and they need that piece to make the whole thing work. Is that the piece that knocked Plume Striker off of his Hapabore? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love that scene. It was right before it went to commercial too. But <laughs> it was like the what Derpin was like, you hear something? And he's like, what? And then it just knocks him off the half of where he's like, that. <laughs> and you see his arm kind of just reach up like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> Commercial. Perfect. And so they end up having to, you know, find this piece. And I love that they do find it. But, of course, they find Durpin and Plume Striker along with it. And they have to come up with a plan. But Xander is like no we we can't there's no time for plans <laughs> and so he starts running down the hill <laughs> screaming right, yeah. i thought he had a plan i was like oh he's just gonna kind of run down there to distract or something but no he just maybe he planned to get captured maybe but maybe. probably not and roger just went right along with him yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I love one of the lines that Durpin says. I think this is a line that he says, where he says, promotion equals responsibility. And responsibility equals you have failed me for the last time. <laughs> 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 uh, that's so great. <laughs> I was I was noticing the just just as somebody who collects minifigs and kind of gets nerdy about the details, I was noticing how um Cordy and um Valeria have similar hair, but it's not exactly the same. Oh, that's right. They, I never really noticed it. Because they both have that like um ponytail hair. Yeah. Minifig hair. But their uh Cordy's bangs are kind of like comb over and then Valeria's have this cool little twist that they kinda of go up and back. So I was like looking at it, I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then I it made me think about it. I was like, I don't think there's a Valeria minifig. Like there's no set that has her, right? No, there isn't. Oh, that would be a really cool set. They should do like an X-wing or something with her. She does. Yeah, she yeah, she flew the U-wing, but there's already a U-wing set. Yeah, and there's already X-wing sets too. So maybe a yeah. ship they haven't done before, but yeah, it would she would be a really a really cool minifig. We definitely have to include her in our in our blind bag series. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so Cordy, of course, has to come to the rescue and think of a plan, an actual plan. <laughs> and I love that hers is creating a Vader costume. <laughs> <laughs> the worst Vader costume. I've been to Dragon Con. I've seen some bad Vader costumes. 
but this might be the worst <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> Nothing tops Cordy's. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen somebody literally just walking around with a bucket. Although, that's a good cosplay idea. It is. Because now you can do cosplay as Cordy, as Vader. As Vader. That's your next uh, next celebration, Jonah. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the task falls on me. <laughs> well, you have the Cordy. I mean, you've already done Cordy cosplay, so it's just that's one more true. step. Just get a bucket, spray paint it black. You know, you're good. <laughs> and I love her breathing. I love the breathing shout sounds that she made as Vader. Those were awesome. <laughs> she, yeah. she did pretty good, though. She, she did. Yeah. She did. But I, I felt like I, I wish they had, you know, um, include. They would include. I wish we had like a, you know, uh, episode guides and see like yeah. sort of the behind the scenes because I, I want. Uh, they must have had fun doing that in that recording session. Because there's no way you can do a Vader impression and not giggle and laugh <laughs> as you're doing it. Yes, we need the Blu-ray for season two. I know we didn't really do a full Blu-ray review for season one, but the special features were a little lacking. Yeah, they were. They were. So, I don't think it was something that it was in there. You know, they they just couldn't do it. It's sort of like Rebels in the past. Yeah. So hopefully, they have some material. I would love to see some of these recording sessions. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully we get a little bit more in that way or in some way they could release it just on YouTube for all I care. <laughs> I just want to see yeah. it. <laughs> um, and so you have Plume Striker who, of course, figures out that it's Cordy and not Vader. <laughs> she claims I mean, he, he claims he knew it all along. Of course. Yeah. Do you think he really did? I don't think he did at first. He seemed very when he for, when when she first popped up on the little um like hologram yeah he seemed like he was trying to impress vader you know yeah <laughs> so i think he i think he was fooled at first <laughs> and so they have them handcuffed but the handcuffs don't really seem all that the, effective the, the classic <laughs> lego handcuff yeah it doesn't it doesn't actually go all the way around their wrists right <laughs> but they stayed true to the the piece i, I appreciate that for sure because that is like if you ever if you ever have a set that has people in handcuffs, that is exactly what the handcuffs look like. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have Valeria who actually ends up attacking them from behind and they all manage to get on the hap aboard to try to escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this brings about one of the best scenes, I think, in the series where you you think that they're actually moving along and getting away. And that plume striker and plume striker is actually catching up to them, and they're not even moving at all. <laughs> <laughs> they they sold it well though. They're all bouncing up and down on the thing like they're you know galloping along, but then they they pan out, and you're like, oh, they haven't even moved. <laughs> <laughs> and Turpin, hurry! Oh no! They're getting away. <laughs> they're getting away. <laughs> Uh, my son quotes that line, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, he loves that line. He 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 quotes that a lot now. <laughs> um, and then, um, a plume striker is just he just doesn't want to give up, and so he decides to grab and what was it? It was an ATST, right? Yeah. Yep, ATST, which are very intimidating. If you've ever played Battlefront, like really, uh, have you I ever have not played, played Battlefront? No. So if you've played Battlefront, they have this like survival mode 
where you fight against waves and waves of, of troops that come after you. And so if you're playing as the rebels on different planets, and I specifically remember on Endor, they have all these waves that are coming at you, but when you defeat the soldiers, they have waves of like ATSTs that come after you. And they're like, they're de- devastating. Like they, if oh, one yes. shot hits you, you're done. So like <laughs> I have like, I have memories of getting mowed down by ATSTs. So every time I see them in, in Star Wars, it's always very intimidating. <laughs> they bring up memories, bad memories, sort yeah. of like the Ranat. Scary, yeah, scary. If if a Ranat was driving the ATST, you know, that's just that's nightmare fuel right there. <laughs> just more more nightmares for you. Or maybe they just Aaron. like have a, an ATST full of Ranats and they just release them or something. That would, yeah. Oh, oh, that that's creepy. <laughs> oh, see, did see, I just creep you out creepy. about Ranats? <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, <laughs> because the image of releasing something like that and then them coming toward no, that's creepy. And then they scuttle <laughs> down the legs and come after you, you know, like oh no. Yes, see, see, I'm gonna get you on my side on this. <laughs> I'm gonna get you to hate Raynats just as much as me. <laughs> oh man, oh that's evil. But. <laughs> Um, so Durpin, obviously, he doesn't want a promotion, and he starts fighting with Plume Striker inside of the cockpit. <laughs> and you're like, "What's gonna come of this? What's going to happen?" And Plume Strikers, he's dark now. Yeah, dark he's... Plume Striker. Right, we're getting a dark side of Plume Striker. He's he's all about you know trying to make a name for himself. He's fed up with kind of Plume Striker holding him back, or I mean Durpin holding him back. So yeah, yeah, he's he's starting to get kind of dark. He's like the, the, I guess he's like the if you add an extra U, plume striker. He's like the evil. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, I had known nothing of that character of the Luke character with the two U's, <laughs> but I felt like that was appropriate to make it a, a comparison in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a like pull from a Legends reference, like. Nobody's gonna get that reference, Jonah. No one, I I'm... know. I I don't even get it, but I'm still using it. See? <laughs> <laughs> I barely got it. It's like, what is she talking about? Yeah, Luke with the two U's. Look it two up. U's. It's on Wikipedia. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Heir to the Empire. Go read the Thrawn trilogy if you guys don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> well, then you have Valeria who bravely steps in to distract the ATSD and whatnot. And Xander gets impressed by this. He's like, I have to help out. Yeah. And you I see this that. look on his face. Yeah. Where she goes running out there and he just kind of has this smile on his face of like, I don't know. It, part of me was like, is he crushing on her or is this just me like, too. a? <laughs> cause he kind of, you know, he, he tends to kind of crush on different characters. So I just <laughs> thought maybe he was just like overly impressed with her. Like, Oh wow. Look at her. Look at her go. Yeah. But then and, he had to he go was, save her. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he had to save her. And then in the back of my mind at that time, I remember thinking, but he loves Becky Smoochenbacher. yeah. She, she's she's unattainable, I think, Be- Becky is at this point. so. Becky, yeah. <sighs> He's never going to find her. <laughs> and so Xander ends up 
slamming the little star scavenger, the little scavenger, I forget what they call it, and they use that to uh, slam against the ATST. This is after it got like destroyed, right? Or does that happen later on in the season? Well, the, the when it got destroyed, it was on Tall, the Storms of Tall. Okay, so that already happened. Yeah, so maybe they rebuilt one. Maybe they have a set, set spare somewhere. Yeah, I mean, if they can rebuild the <laughs> the, the uh, arrowhead that quickly, I'm pretty sure it's not much to rebuild the baby scavenger or mini scavenger, little scavenger, little scavenger, mini scavenger, mini scavenger. <laughs> <laughs> after you said it that's when it clicked in my maybe, head. maybe they renamed it who knows what it's called now mini scavenger 2.0 2.0 yeah <laughs> um and so they um and so rowan has this awesome moment where he's taking the kybris crystal and he puts it into the arrowhead and you of course you have Michael Kramer's awesome music playing in the background as a as the ship lights up and you're like this is it this is amazing <laughs> yeah definitely we're getting the kind of the moment we've been waiting for and we get to see this ship in action yeah which is pretty awesome and I forget what was it that Xander said about the blade I th- for some reason I thought in my, the back of my head I thought it was blade me blade me <laughs> Yeah, but it wasn't. It was something else that he said. Give me the blade, or I forget what it was. It wasn't but Blade Me? It wasn't. Oh, okay. And maybe in I a future maybe episode. Maybe. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I love that, you know, you got to see it flip over, and you, you know that some damage was about to get done. <laughs> and it was awesome to see it go at the ATST and just literally cut through it like butter it was so yeah. cool it's such a cool yeah. like even the way they just they showed it on screen kind of the the angle of the atst and you just see it fly right through it and the sparks fly and then you see it kind of fly off into the distance it's so cool yeah yeah and i love that derpin and seeing it approach he said a giant glowing hunk of i wish i weren't here right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I love that the when the 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 arrowhead is in use and you're you know using it to slice into things. I love that blue residue that it leaves behind, and there's like a blue explosion that comes along with it. Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It kind of it cuts through it, but it doesn't leave because like it, you would see other things like other Lego pieces get cut in half in the show, and it almost leaves like that glowing red or glowing orange. Yes. But in this case, it's like a glowing blue, which which makes total sense considering. So, yeah, it's that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I love that <laughs> poor Plume Striker. He's like, working for the Empire is a thankless job. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. I love how, like, the, the thing gets cut in half. And he doesn't even get out of it. Like he's literally just like, like sitting sideways on the ground, still in his seat. You know, <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> when I first saw that, I was dying hysterically because he's just like down in his luck. <laughs> he has no, you know, way of getting back to a position of power. <laughs> this is all that he has. <laughs> It was so sad and so hilarious at the same time. 
And Durpin was so happy because he's just like, see, see, now, now you, you're seeing things my way. <laughs> and so they end up taking the arrowhead off to that battle. Otherwise, the fleet would get decimated. And that's when they use it to slice through that Star Destroyer. And that came another awesome comedic moment between Rowan and Xander. Yeah, that this is. Like between this and then the Hapabore chase, there are like the best two scenes in the whole, the whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> um, the the funniest scenes at least, and just the back and forth between Xander and Rowan is, is so perfect in this moment. Like once again, I'm thinking of how great. Like I feel like Nicholas Cantu in his Rowan now is he's just pr- so spot on. Oh like, yeah, his comedic timing is great. The inflection, everything. Like he's so good at this character, and like I, sometimes I forget how young uh, the voice actor is. Yes, yeah, and the character himself, twelve and a half. <laughs> yeah, and Eugene Bird too. Like that back and forth between those two characters in that moment was was comedic gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is taking a long time. <laughs> yep. It's bigger than you would think. Yeah, it's bigger than you would think. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> These things are big. Yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, man. Yes, so good. And so Cordy sees this as an opportunity and to pick up the salvage along the way. And it's basically seeing dollar signs or yeah. the equivalent dollar signs in, in the galaxy far, far away. And, and the Emperor, meanwhile, gets the info feedback essentially of what's happening and he finds out the ship has been built by Rowan a 12 and a half well he says it was a 12 year old and the uh, one of the Imperials correct uh, Imperial officers corrects him and says 12 and a half actually (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then he just starts zappity zapping people yeah 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 No Vader oh, and MOC and then, though in this episode. So no, he, he was, no. He was calling for them, like it's time for them to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and then they get taken to we we go straight into the medal ceremony that they get, you know, because they did such an amazing thing helping out the fleet that they're gonna get awarded for it. And I I forget what I think Xander was promoted to flight cadet. And he's like, flight leader would have been, you know, better, but <laughs> maybe it's taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Cordy gets awarded quartermaster for her unprecedented frugality. <laughs> and asks about whatever metal they use in the in the yeah. medals. Yeah. <laughs> and and Rowan gets master shipbuilder, which is pretty a pretty cool title because that's what the, that was. Um, that's part of the whole Lego theme, right? Master Builder. Right, yeah. And that, I was trying to think if this is the first time we've heard them use that term in this show. Because I know that that's a big deal, especially like in the Lego movie, the idea of a Master Builder. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was cool that they, they slipped that in. Yeah, yeah, I think it was because I don't recall having heard it before in the show. Right, so now it's a now it's a Star Wars term. Yeah, yeah, and and poor Roger, like Chewbacca, did not get his medal. Although Chewbacca did get his medal in one of the novels that was released, so he did get it. But but where's Roger's medal? <laughs> yeah, I like how they just did a real quick, you know, you, you get the scene with Roger, 
he kind of turns to the guy next to him who's like they forgot the droid and then that's the end of the episode <laughs> like, yeah just... <laughs> it's perfect maybe he got it off screen after he said that they're like oh no yours is yeah. right here <laughs> it was still being shine polished <laughs> right <laughs> But that was it, and I thought that was one of uh, that was a great episode in terms of finally putting this ship together, something they've been working on all season long, and and them having a victory with it. Yeah, it was. This was a really good episode, really good comedic moments. Uh, finally, getting to see the Arrowhead in flight, and and just seeing how powerful of a weapon it is. Now it's kind of like, oh man, the rebellion better hold on to this thing. You know, it can yeah. make it can make yeah. a pretty big difference in the war. Yeah, and uh, and it was so great seeing it in action too. Because the first time we saw it in action was at Celebration Orlando, but uh, it was it was really good to see it do its thing against the Empire. And I'm so glad that I finally have mine built, so I can kind of do the same, but not with the same effects. <laughs> it doesn't have the glowy shield around it. No, it no. doesn't. I wish you, I wish if you could press oh, it'd be so cool if you could press like a button and it'd light up or something. That would be cool, yeah, if the blade at the end lit up or something. Not yeah. too many not too many Lego sets, although there are Lego sets that have light effects. There aren't too many that do, and definitely not too many Star Wars sets that do. But Blast. That, this would have been a good one to it would have probably cost twenty dollars more though. That's true. <laughs> I would have paid it though. You would have paid it, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and then the next episode is a perilous rescue. So we know something bad's going to happen. Yes. Or somebody's going to need to be rescued. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it will be a perilous. It'll be very rescue. perilous. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about it. I guess we should start wrapping up. Yes, that is it. And I will. I have two more bags to go, and but no promises. No promises at all. <laughs> that I'm going to finish the Arrowhead before next episode. But I'm going to try. I'm sure going to try. Um, but I'm well, ex- looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll now- I was going to say Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but now that it's been built in the show, I feel like now is the time to, to have it finished. So so yes. maybe maybe I should. But uh, but until next time, we can. Uh, you guys can find our episodes on iTunes. If you listen to our show and you enjoy it, we'd love for you to go over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash starscavengers, Twitter at starscavengers. You can shoot us an email, starscavengers at gmail.com if you have any cool ideas for uh, minifig, blind bag characters from the show. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email. And you can find all of our episodes on our website at www.starscavengers.com. And until next time, be a builder and don't mess with the Freemakers.